Hello and welcome to this message shared by Pastor Nea Hope Saavedra Badoy on the Lighthouse Worship Celebration Online. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. And may this encourage you during this very difficult time we are all going through. Please share this with others so that they will be encouraged as well. Thank you and God bless you. Can we give God a mighty clap of praise? Come on, let's make it louder for Jesus. That is a clap of praise for God. Thank you, Lord. We'd like to welcome you to our Change Sunday. Today is primarily Change Destination Sunday. And as you can see, we have recreated the stage. We want to talk today about a very serious and sobering subject. It is the topic of afterlife and eternity. Life is a journey that will end. And one day, we will reach our final destination. When we die, the Bible says there is going to be a judgment that will take place. The Bible clearly says that in judgment time, we will end up only in two destinations. There are two eternal destinations, heaven or hell. You may enjoy eternity in heaven or perish in hell. The title of our message today is Beyond Today, Hell is Real. You know, the preaching of the doctrine of hell is not a popular preaching. In fact, many churches no longer preach about hell. And so, more often, the subject of hell and afterlife is ignored and not talked about. But do you know that the Bible talks more about hell than heaven. Do you know that Jesus thought more on hell than he did about heaven? But sadly, many believers, many modernist preachers today have eliminated such preaching from the pulpit. And so we see a church that's rising, a generation that's rising that is not taking hell seriously. In fact, they joke about it. It is something that's taken lightly and even refused to reflect on. Perhaps too horrible, too brutal to think about. And do you know that there are Christians who believe in heaven but deny the reality of hell. Pew Research Center revealed this research results. 51% of people in the world believe in hell. 39% of the people do not believe in hell and 10% don't know. If we are going to base on this research result, 
This is very alarming. Imagine if 39% of the world's populace do not believe in hell, then they will fail to make spiritual preparations. And that is 39% of the world's populace ending up in the burning flames of hell. Scripture tells us heaven and hell both exist. The Bible speaks of the reality of hell in the same way as it speaks of the reality of heaven. Revelations 20, 12-15 says, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. The truth is, Jesus spent more time warning people about hell than he did comforting them with the hope of heaven. At this point, I, along with our creative team, would like to do an illustrated preaching on the subject, Hell is Real. is a gruesome picture, a shallow depiction, a superficial glimpse of the horrors of hell, the horrors of the underworld, the lake of fire, and the darkest bottomless pit. Friends, make no mistake, hell is real. Consider this fact. Hell is a literal place. It is not superstition. It is not a myth. It is not imaginary. It is not fictional. It is not symbolic. Hell is a real, literal place. The Bible, 70 times in the Bible, Jesus warns us about a literal place called hell. Psalms 9-7 says, The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Revelations 20-15 says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Hell is a place filled with people. There is going to be a crowd in hell. And some of the people there will be people that you know. 
your friends, your relatives, your loved ones, your family. Isaiah 5.14 says, Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. Consider this fact. 83 people per second die without Christ. 6,000 people per hour die without Christ. 144,000 people per day die without Christ. Hell is a place of torment and anguish, suffering. There is nothing that can compare to the suffering of hell. It is a place where worms eat you endlessly. Mark 9, 48 says, The worms shall eat. The worms that eat shall never die. It won't stop because the worms are eternal. The worms is a reference to the indwelling demon spirits that you fed you empowered with your sin and these spirits the spirit of lust the spirit of violence the spirit of anger the spirit of iniquity they will follow you to eternity it is a place of being burned in the unquenchable flames of fire mark 9 48 says the fire that never stops it is a picture of a lake a lake of fire. Hell is also a place of weeping, of gnashing and wailing. Matthew 25, 30 says, There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hell is a place of unspeakable sorrow and remorse. Where misery and anguish abounds. Take note of this. There will be no parties, no laughter, no thrills, no delight, no joke, no happiness in hell. In hell, the sinner will feel regret, remorse, but they can no longer repent. They will remember with much anguish the time that they refused to go to church. The time that they rejected the word of God. The time that they rejected the invitation to accept Christ as personal Lord and Savior. They will cry out, Lord, I'm sorry God. I'm sorry. Give me one more chance. One more chance. One more time. Mercy. Mercy. But no more. Because it is too late. Hell is a place. Of no escape, no timeout, no furlough, no ending. It is like a prison. There is no parole, no pardon. Luke 16, 26 says, And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to there cannot, nor anyone can cross over from here to us no purgatory no reincarnation no way out no end no hope of crossing over the great chasm the question is who would be in hell <laughs> <laughs>
I am Gabriel, and the Lord has sent me to show you and take you on a journey through hell. And those whose names are not written in the book of life shall be cast out in outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. in their sinful lifestyle. Galatians 5.19 says, Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, rivalry, jealousy, outbursts of anger, quarrels, conflict, factions, envy, murder, drunkenness, wild partying, and things like that, I am telling you now that people who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Revelations 21.8 says, But people who are cowardly, unfaithful, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars will find themselves in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, this is the second death. The Bible says to us, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also rip. Brother, I warn you, please, Please tell my family, please God, I beg you, please. This is Divis. He was a rich man. Oh, it's terrible here. Please God, tell my brothers to listen to the prophets. Please open their hearts that they may receive you. I don't want them here. Please God, send someone to warn my brothers on earth about hell. Brother. Please accept the Lord. I beg you. 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 The rich man 
known as Dives. You read about him in the Bible. He was the rich man. He had everything. He had wealth. He had money. He had possession. He had power. But you know, it's so ironic because none of these things could buy him out of hell. For the word of God says, For what does it profit at a man, even if he gains the whole world, but loses his own soul? The story of Dives is a reminder to all of us. We cannot serve two masters. We cannot serve both God and money. Our wealth can become our God. Our wealth can become our security. Remember this, no matter how rich you are, you cannot bring your wealth and your possessions in eternity. The rich man was in hell because of his disregard for the word of God. His rejection of Christ's invitation. And so we heard Divus crying out in agony, begging God, I have five brothers. I have family. I don't want them to come to this horrible place. Please send someone to warn them about the horrors of hell. But scripture says that his request was denied. And the reason was if they did not listen to Moses and the prophets, even when someone came back from the dead and told them, they would still not listen. I hate you! I hate you! I hate you! This is my dad. He's the reason why I'm here. He taught me about life, how to be successful, showed me how to have a great life. Told me how to drink, how to party, but he never told me to go to church. He never showed me the Bible. He never taught me about God. He is the reason why I'm in hell. I hate you, Maret. I hate you, Dad. I hate you. Baba. Oh, please. Please tell me you can save my whole family. Please. How could you? How could you get other families saved, but you cannot save your own family from hell? I want you. I want to share the gospel to strangers. I want you praying for your friends and their families. Cry out to God for your pastors, but how come your prayers did not include me? How come you didn't share about Jesus to us? Why did you forget about me, Mama? Why did you forget about their family? Why didn't you pray for our salvation? Why did you give up on us, Mama? Why did you stop reaching out to us? Mama! Mama, please help me! Please! This is so sad. This is so heartbreaking. What you've just seen 
are glimpses and scenes that will be repeated over and over in hell. Sons chasing fathers. Why didn't you take me to church? Why did you read the Bible to me? You taught me how to drink. You taught me how to party. But you never told me there is a hell. How agonizing it is to hear someone from your family, someone that you love, cry out, why did you not pray harder for me? Why did you stop trying? Why did you stop reaching out to me? Why did you give up on me? Nobody in this room would want any one of their loved ones or their family to burn in hell. And what you saw is a reminder to us, our family, yes, our family, our family is our first mission field. We need to contend for our families. We need to fight for our families in the spirit. We need to share the good news to them. We cannot stop. Take your family to church. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about your testimony. Don't let them end up being tormented in hell. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't quit on your family. Until Joshua 24, 15 becomes a reality in your family. And it says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. To you are okay. You deserve the glory. <laughs> so I shout out your name from the rooftops. I proclaim that I am yours. <laughs> I am yours. <laughs> your praise will. Ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Did you hear the sound? Do you know the song? These are worship leaders. They entertain people with their gifts and make their grand performances in church. They made church a glorified talent show. Worship leaders who dance with the devil all week and gather with the saints on Sundays and broadcast their gifts. Do you know why you're here? Did you worship the Lord? Sunday you were in church. What have you done on Monday? I slept with my friend. And on Tuesday... I fisted on pornography. What about Wednesday? I drank alcohol privately. What about Thursday? 
but I repented and attended Bible study. And on Friday, I went to party and drunk again. How about Saturday? I thought I had a chance to repent, but it was too late. I refused to forgive. I learned a double life. I was a hypocrite. No! 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 I'm not supposed to be here! I prophesy in the name of Jesus! I cast out demons! In the name of Jesus, I serve the people. In the name of Jesus, I gave my entire life to this gospel. No, pastor. You're a liar. You gave some of your life for the gospel, but held back a little for your flesh. It's not my fault. This is not my fault. Don't you dare judge me. People were crying and were saved. I felt God's anointing was upon me. And I thought He was pleased. But after I preached the gospel to others, I myself was disqualified. I never really surrendered to God my flesh. I still gave in to my lust. Oh God, I repent and do it again. Repent and do it again. Repent and do it again. Until one day, I never really had the opportunity to repent. Listen, everyone who is a teacher and preacher of the gospel. This judgment is so much stricter. God told me. He told me. Depart from me. For I never really knew you. I thought heaven was waiting on me. Now. I'm doomed. In hell. Matthew 7.22 Many will say to me on that day. Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, drove out demons in your name, performed many miracles in your name, didn't we? Then God will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Get away from me, you evildoers. Friends, it will be shocking to find out that there will be pastors in hell. False prophets in hell. Worship leaders in hell. Life group leaders in hell. Ministry workers in hell. People who played with God's gifting. Operated in greed and in lust. But led double lives. They will end up in hell the religious people the hypocrites the ministry workers who put up a religious front outwardly but have not repented of their sins and live for God sadly they will be in hell 
Boxsliders will also be in hell. You know the saying that goes, once saved is always saved is a big, big lie. Understand this. Religion cannot save us. We can have religion and all the trappings of religion. But unless we have a genuine personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we have nothing. You can be a member of a church. You can even be a leader in the church and still go to hell if you're not seriously living for God. These people, they sounded holy. They look holy. They have the form of godliness but denying its power. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who keeps saying to me, Lord, Lord, will get into the kingdom of heaven, but only the person who keeps doing the will of my Father in heaven. Almost! Almost! This man, he is King Agrippa. Can you hear his shout? Almost. Almost. The cry of his heart is almost. You read about King Agrippa. His story is found in Acts chapter 26. He was the king who was almost persuaded to become a Christian. The Bible said that one day, the Apostle Paul, in chains, was brought before King Agrippa. And King Agrippa stood there so proud with his vast army behind him. And Paul preached with so much anointing that, Paul, that a King Agrippa trembled with conviction. He trembled with the preaching of Paul. And then he said, Paul, you almost persuaded me to become a Christian. Paul, huh? good job. You almost got me there. You almost got me there. That was really good preaching. Almost. But not today, Paul. King Agrippa's most famous word Almost. Almost. You persuaded me to be a Christian. You know, I believe King Agrippa fully intended to someday give his heart to the Lord. But he said, not now. I want to do my thing. I want to rule. I want to reign. I want to live my life. Sadly, the day to reconcile with God never came into King Agrippa's life. And so, with remorse, with much regret and agony, he cries out, almost, almost. You know, if you walk through the doors and the pathways of hell today, you would see people crying out, Almost. It is like the theme song in hell. Almost. People at one point who almost consider 
becoming a Christian. I almost came forward. I almost bowed my knees. I almost repented. I almost went to church. I almost gave my life to God. I almost changed my heart. Oh, if I could have just one chance. God help you if you said one day, one day, someday, tomorrow. Because the Bible says today, today, today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day of your salvation. Not tomorrow, not next day, not someday, today. As you hear the word of God, today is the day of your salvation. Whoa. I know that, you know, today's preaching is a bit odd. This is the first time we did an illustrated preaching in this church. And I know that the scenes that we've shown you, there can be, they can be quite scary and disturbing. You may be turned off by, you know, the, the, the uh, horrible recreation of hell. You sit there and there's a holy discomfort that's rising inside of you. But friends, this is the truth. The truth is we need to know hell is real and there is life after death. This kit, if you listen to it, if you take it to heart, if you respond to it, this presentation can save your life. It is like a smoke alarm that warns you of the impending dangers of not having God in your life. Let me make this clear. God does not want you to go to hell. That's why He warns you. He wants you to wake up. He wants you to see clearly the horrors of hell. God does not want you to go to hell. It is not God's will for you to be in hell. And I'm here to tell you, you don't need to go to hell. This message is meant to compel us to think. Think hard. Think. Reflect. Give it some thought. Think about your eternal destination. This message is meant to compel us. To prepare to meet our God. Regardless of the quality and the season of your life right now. You need God. You may be rich. You may be successful. You may be strong. You may be at the top, the prime of your life. But you need God. And the time to prepare for your eternal destination is now. Not when you're old. Not when you're sick. Not when you're in the twilight of your life. The time to prepare is now. The time to get right with God is now. The time to give your life to God is now. 
You know, this message is a message of love. It is a message of love. This message is a message of hope. It is not meant to condemn anyone. This is a message of hope and redemption. It is a warning that is meant to save you from eternal damnation. You know the saddest thing, the saddest thing about being in hell is to realize that you did not have to go to hell. You don't need to perish in hell. Your mama, your papa, they don't need to go to hell. Your children, they don't need to go to hell. And so today, we want to give to you the message. You need God in your life. You need God in your life. At this point, I would like us to listen and meditate on this song. May we have the song now. Every day they pass me by. I can see it. Sharing life with one who's lost. 
2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Or do you not realize this about yourself? That Jesus Christ is in you. Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. 2 John 1, 8 Watch out so that you do not lose the things we have worked for, but receive a full reward. The message today is not just a message for those who have not given their lives to the Lord. It is as well a message to those who are part of the family of God. Second John says, watch out that you do not lose the things you have worked for but receive a full reward. Our time here on earth is a place of personal decision. There is a decision that needs to be made. There is a choice. There is a decision that needs to be made and the choice is yours. But i like you to know there is an eternal hope 
that you and I can enjoy. Today, we are all being forewarned so we can escape hell. Do not be among the people who hear the gospel preach today and walk away still unsaved. Salvation is a choice that every person in the world must make. You cannot be neutral about Jesus. You must decide what you want to do with Him in your life. If you choose not to accept Him as your Savior and Lord, then you are making a choice to reject Him. And there is no middle ground. Jesus said, you are either for me or against me. You know, sadly, some people reject this message because they're holding on to sin. They're holding on to a lifestyle. They're holding on to a religion. They're holding on to church traditions you know, traditions that they have been raised in. And so they reject Christ. But understand this. Churches do not save. Religion does not save you. Only Jesus saves. Only Jesus saves. And this Jesus is inviting you today. Would you give your life to me? Would you let me in the door of your life? Walk with me. Follow me. Honor me with your life. Accept my gift of salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The promise of God in John 5, 24. He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath eternal life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life, from sin's darkness to God's eternal light. Acts 16, 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you shall be saved. At this point, I'd like to show you a video testimony of two people who made their choice who made a decision that they will not spend eternity in hell. Hi, I'm Janice Hinlayagan, and this is my story. Before I came to know the Lord, my life is a total mess. My mom decided to go abroad when I was in grade 3. Because of long-distance relationship, my parents separated. I grew up with so much anger with my father because ko yung witness sa lahat ng pangluloko niya sa aking mama. With anger in my heart, I am engaged in ungodly relationship. 
But because of immaturity, that relationship ended. During that time, kausap ko lang yung mama pa over the phone. And yung feeling mo na kailangan, kailangan mo ng person beside you to guide you. Pero wala siya. At the age of 18 years old, I got pregnant. And at the age of 19, I have my first baby. And because still, nandun yung loneliness, I got pregnant for the second time. Akala ko ng time na yun, masaya na. Akala ko my forever na second relationship. Until one day, I discover that he has a third party. Pumunta ako sa mga barkada ko. Sa kanila ko iniyak lahat ng problema ko. Until one day, nakita kami ng pinsan ko at she introduced me to her friend. And her friend invited me to Life Group and encouraged me to join the Encounter God Weekend. And I said yes. During the encounter, dun ko naramdaman ang tunay na pagmamahal ni Lord na hindi pala ako nag-iisa. And during that time, I talked to God and I said, Lord, pagod na akong gawin lahat ng gusto ko. Help me, God. Mawala lahat ng mga vices ko. Nasa lahat ng kapalpakan na ginawa ko, pinahawakan ko lang yung promise ni Lord na, I'm just here. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And during the encounter, I realized to forgive all people. During the encounter, the Lord released His forgiveness. After the encounter, I want to make things right. Umuwi ako sa bahay and I talked to my father. And I released forgiveness to my father. And that day, as I talked to God, I realized that at the end of my brokenness was the beginning of my breakthrough. Now I am happily serving the Lord. He even extended my territory and opened the floodgates of heaven. Yun lang pala ang kulang. At doon nagkaroon ng direksyon ng buhay ko. My life before was headed to destruction. But praise God right now, my life is full of happiness, breakthrough, and blessing. Praise the Lord! James Bagaso po, ito po yung kwento ko. Umaki po ako at namulat sa mahirap na pamilya. Sa kagustuhan ko pong maiahon at maitulungan yung pamilya ko, puro irigal ang paraan na nagawa ko. Pagsusugal, pagtatanim at pagbebenta ng mariwana, uh, pati pagbebenta ng baril, pinasok ko na rin uh, sa kagustuhan kong kumita ng pera. Pati pag-hold up, binalak ko na rin pasukin dahil akala ko talaga pag may pera na ako, okay na yung pamilya namin. Tapos yun, nakulong ako dahil sa illegal drug sa Camp Domingo Leonor. At sa pagkakakulong ko, doon ko po nakilala si Lord. Doon ko nakilala si Jesus at naging tagapagligtas ng buhay ko. Pagkatapos noon, hindi pa na hindi pa na kontento si Lord sa ginawa sa buhay ko. Dinala niya ako sa encounter. At doon sa encounter, nalaman ko yung tunay na halaga ng buhay ko. Nalaman ko rin yung kung ano ang purpose ko sa buhay. Doon ko rin na experience yung love ni Lord. Natuto akong magpatawad. Napatawad ko yung mga taong Uh, nakasakit sa akin at doon unti-unting binago ni Lord ang buhay ko. At hindi lang yon pinalaya din ako ni Lord mula sa mga bisyo ko, pag-iinom, paninigarilyo. Doon din napalaya ako sa mga gapos ng kasalanan. Ang dating patapon at ulang silbi kong buhay, ngayon binago na ni Lord 
Masaya ako na naglilingkod kay Lord at ginagamit ni Lord. At ngayon, meron na rin akong sampung leader. Lahat din sila, halos meron ng life group. At ngayon, meron na rin kaming inuumpisahang bagong life group sa Holy Child. Masaya ako na naggagamit ako ni Lord. Kung hindi ako binago ni Lord, tiyak na impyerno lang talaga ang patutunguhan ko. Pero salamat sa Diyos, tiyak kong langit na ngayon ang hahantungan ko. Salamat sa Panginoon. Good news and bad news. The good news is whatever it is that you have gone through, whatever it is that's true in your life right now, God can turn things around. Kahit ano yung mali na nagawa mo, ano yung mga bulok at you know, baliko sa buhay mo, pwedeng ayusin Lord lahat yon. God can turn things around for you. God can forgive your sins. God can heal and restore you. God can change your life and make it good. Bad news is, if you're not willing to admit your need, if you're not willing to turn around and say to the Lord God, iwanan ko na lahat yan, help me Lord God, then lahat ng describe dito about hell sadly will become your realization. Hell, if Jesus is true and the Bible is true, hell is a terrible place and no one should make it there. We who hear the gospel must make a decision hindi tayo mapupunta doon. But not only for us, this message is for all the people of the world beginning with their own family and friends. If you're here, you've been coming and you are convicted today and I pray you are convicted today. May we all act and do something. Kung alam po natin na meron po pala talagang coming na judgment at meron palang sure na impyerno na pupuntahan ng lahat ng tao na hindi nag, nag-obey kay Lord, may we do something about it. May we tell Him the good news that they are guilty, yes, but there is a solution. That they are separated from God, yes, but they can be reconciled to God. That there's judgment that's hanging over their heads and yet it has already the curse has been broken and life is available for them through Jesus Christ that is the good news it's worth telling others diba kung bigla nagbayuman take one ng Levi's all all products or Michael Kors or Nike or whatever G-Shock whatever it is that you like to buy you will tell others buy one take one all products good news yun it will be very temporary. Pero ito, this is eternal. This is going to last forever. And so the Lord is calling you today, would you respond to Him? Would you respond to Him? We will not do the usual altar call. We will not do the usual thing. I want to throw the ball to your side of the court. I want to give you, this time, your opportunity. You heard the message you saw the presentation. You heard the testimonies. Today, you can make your choice. And may it be a choice to follow the Lord. May it be a choice to go to heaven and be with God forever instead of suffering eternally, unendingly in the terrible place called hell. Today, we will pray. Open your heart to the Lord if you want. And we encourage you. We plead with you. We ask you, 
give your life to the Lord. Surrender your life to Him today. Would you please stand right now? Would you please stand? And if you can, close your eyes and raise your hands. We don't want you to be distracted. Sa mga tao sa palibot, we want you to be able to give your maximum experience right now. We want this to be a holy moment. Would you please stand and raise your hand and close your eyes if you can. And right now, if it is in your heart that you want to give your life to the Lord, that you want to respond with a yes to God, would you tell Him right now where you're standing? Would you tell Him, God, I'm sorry for my sins. God, I need you. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. If you are a churchgoer, you call yourself a Christian, but you have so many compromises and secret sins, you better settle that. In love, the Lord is warning you. Because God cares, He is warning you. Don't end up in hell. Give your life to the Lord. Make the wrong things right. Say sorry to God. And turn around, really genuinely turn around. Tell Him, God, I'm sorry for my sins. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. If you're here and you have not yet surrendered your life to God, then this is your opportunity. This is your chance. You just have to tell Him, God, I don't understand everything, but I know I need you. Forgive me for my sins. I know I'm guilty. I know I've done wrong things. I know they will bring me to hell. Forgive me, Lord. And I want to change. Help me. Give me the power to change. I surrender my life to you. And I do not trust in religion anymore. I do not trust in good works anymore. They cannot save me. I trust in you, Jesus. You alone can save me. Forgive me, Lord God. Change me. Forgive me. Give me a brand new life. Heal me. Restore me. Like you did Janice and James and so many others. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Right now, if that's you, come on, just tell the Lord. Tell the Lord what's in your heart. And if you're here and you know people who don't know the Lord, all of us know people who don't know the Lord. And some of us live very close to us. They are family members or friends. Why don't you respond and tell the Lord, God, help me because I will tell my family and my friends. They need you. They should give their lives to you. They are away from you. They are guilty of sin. They are going to hell. They need you. I will tell them, Lord God, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord God. Help me. Come on, just, just decide. God, I will. I will tell others. I will tell others. I will invite them to church. I will share the word of God with them. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord God. We want to obey. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for listening. And may the Lord continually strengthen you and fill you with hope. Please stay updated because we will continue to come up with recordings like this so you will be strengthened as you go through this season. God bless you.